0: Our sermon text this afternoon comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13-18. through If you'd want to follow along, it's found on page 987 of the Pew Bibles. Hear now the word of the Lord. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. But you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so... Through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for these words. And these words are an encouragement, these words are your word. Father, I pray that you will anoint my words, the preaching of your word, that it will accomplish your task. It will provide comfort for those who are mourning, it will provide conviction for those. But most of all, Father, we will see you and that you will be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, years ago, I had a co-worker who was from China, and he had told me that the Chinese have a saying. It says that if a person dies before the age of 80, you mourn. But if they die after the age of 80, you celebrate. And what he means is a person who's lived past the age of 80 has lived a full life, and and you, you celebrate to show your thankfulness for that life. But if a person dies before 80 or if a person, especially at the death of a child or a person who is cut down in the, in the prime of life, you mourn because this person had more life to live. Now, by, by all, all measures, at 89, Hilda has lived a full life, a life of service, service to her family, service to her profession, service to her community, service to her church, service to her God. And for this, we are thankful and this we celebrate. And while I understand the, the sentiment of this Chinese saying, I've never really been that comfortable with it. You see, because no matter what age a person dies, there is going to be pain. There is going to be suffering. There is going to be sadness. There is going to be mourning. And as I was praying with Jim and Janet in, in that hospital, uh, shortly after their mother had taken her last breath, I could see in their faces there was relief. There was relief that the, the suffering that their mom was going through over the past couple of weeks, had, had, had ended. She was no longer connected machines, to machines just to be able to breathe, struggling to breathe in pain. And this suffering and, and this physical decline had really been going on for years. And Jim and, and Janet had, had faithfully taken care of their mom over the last several years during Hilda's slow and steady decline. As she battled with dementia, she battled with various illnesses. So their relief is certainly understandable. But nevertheless, we mourn. Nevertheless, we grieve. And we grieve even for a person who has lived a long life, even for a person who is suffering and, and declining health. Even when we are relieved that this suffering has come to an end, we grieve. We grieve because we know, and we all know, we we instinctively know that death is wrong. We know that death is evil. It's, It's separation. It's separation from those that we love. Now, as Christians, we don't look to Chinese sayings. We don't look to conventional wisdom. We don't even look to our own feelings of relief to define reality when it comes to death. We look to God's Word. God's Word alone points us to reality. God's Word alone gives us something firm, something of substance, on which we can rely during these times when we lose a a dear mother or a grandmother or a sister or an aunt or or a friend. And that's why this service, as simple as it was, it was chock full of God's word because we need God's word to to really take us away from this temporal morning, this, this temporal perspective, and have us look to the eternal. We need to reorient our perspective to get God's perspective. And that's what scripture does for us. In this passage that we're looking at here in First Thessalonians, it's meant to inform us about those who have fallen asleep. So what does this mean? This is not speaking about someone who is taking a nap. It's not speaking about someone who's sleeping at nighttime. Sleep here is a euphemism. Sleep here is a euphemism for death. Paul is saying, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who have died. He's giving us information about those who have died. And what does the Lord want us to know through this word? What does he want to inform us about those who have died? And this includes our loved ones, all loved ones who have died in Christ and and Hilda. Verse 13 says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. You may not grieve as those who have no hope. So notice the first thing we see in this verse is there's grieving. It's okay to grieve. Yes, we know that she has lived a full life. Yes, we know that she's no longer in pain. We know her suffering is over. But nonetheless, it is okay to grieve. It is okay to miss her. We grieve. It it is right. It is natural to grieve. It is right and natural to hate death. To hate the the pain and and the separation caused by death. Death is unnatural. It is unnatural. And every single one of us, every single one of us made in God's image, we instinctively know that death is wrong. So it's natural. It's appropriate for us to grieve here today. Even when the person through which we grieve has lived a full life, even though she was in declining health, and literally she was struggling to take each breath, it's still okay to grieve. And while we grieve, we do not grieve as those who grieve without hope. We do not grieve the way the world grieves. We do not grieve as those who grieve who do not belong to Christ. See, for those without Christ, there is a finality to death. There is a permanence to death for those without Christ. See, death is, is, a, is a horrible, it is an impenetrable barrier forever separating us from fellowship with those that we once loved. And this fact will really lead only to despair. And, and we may close our eyes to this reality, we often do. We may cling to wishful thinking and speculative theories about being reincarnated or all good people go to heaven, all these things, but there's no real hope. There's no hope for our grief. There's no assurance of reunion for those outside of Christ. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that this is not the end of the story. See, God's inerrant, infallible, living word guarantees that for the Christian, death has been defeated. Verse 14 tells us that since... We believe. Since we believe. Here we see faith. Faith, this, faith is, is the connection that we have with Christ. Faith, in it, faith is what unites us to Christ. Faith makes Christ's reality our reality. By grace alone, through faith alone, we believe. And what do we believe? Well, verse 14 continues. We believe that Christ died and rose again. Christ died and rose again. What what, what does this mean? Why is this important? It's important because Jesus defeated death. Jesus defeated death. Scripture tells us because of Christ's death and resurrection, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is taunted. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And my friends, here is the hope, the hope for the Christian. And that hope is Christ's victory over death is our victory over death. What is true for Christ is true for all those who are united to Christ by grace alone, through faith alone. And the same scripture that taunts death, that says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It tells us the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we see here is the gospel. We see the good news. And the good news is the reason why we do not despair at death. It's the reason why we can grieve with hope. It's the reason why death is not only defeated for Christ, but is defeated for every single one of who is united to Christ by faith. The reality is death is not natural. Death is not God's plan, God's original plan. Death is the result of sin, is the result of man's rebellion against God. We've rejected God. We've rejected the source of all life. And the natural consequence is now we face death. We reject life. We face death. Scripture tells us the wages of sin is death. And the bad news is we are all sinners, every single one of us. We are under the condemnation of death. But thanks be to God for the gospel. Thanks be to God. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. Christ died not for his own sins. Christ died for our sins. Christ died as the substitute for those who are united to him by faith. So for the Christian, our sins, sins that would cause eternal separation from God, eternal separation from our loved ones, eternal separation from everything that is good in this world, those sins were punished, but not in us. They were punished in Christ. They were punished in Christ on the cross. And after suffering the punishment for our sins on the cross, Christ said, it is finished. He said the debt is paid. Death was defeated. Death was swall, swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And because of this, because of the gospel, because of Christ, we grieve not as the world. We grieve not as those who have no hope, but as those who have great hope. Because we know. We know that death has been defeated. We know that this separation is temporary. We know that we will one day see our beloved sister sister again. And we won't see her as we, we last saw her. We won't see her crippled by disease and infirmity and sin, crippled by the effects of the fall. But we will see her as God sees her, as a beloved child of God, forever united to Christ without spot, without blemish, perfectly whole. In this passage from 1 Thessalonians, it gives us not only the reality for Hilda, but the hope for every single Christian. Death is not the end. Death for the Christian is only the beginning. See, Hilda at this very moment She's more alive now than she has ever been. She is completely free of pain. She's completely free of suffering and confusion. Mentally, she is sharper than she has ever ever was. You look at those pictures that are back there of her when she was a a teenager. She's even more beautiful now than she was in those pictures. She is is reunited with, with all of those in Christ who have gone before her. But best of all, best of all, she is at this very moment in the presence of her Savior, Jesus Christ, the one she faithfully walked with during this life. And she's going to hear these words that we all want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. And as great as her current reality is, this is not her final reality. This is not our final reality. Those of us who are in Christ. The passage tells us, starting in verse 16, that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. See, those of us in Christ, we will be resurrected. We will be like Him. We will one day have a physical body, a physical glorified body, a body that will never get sick, will never age, it will never decline, and it will never sin. And it will continue to get better day after day, continue to to love, continue to grow, continue to learn every day for all eternity. That is the hope for the Christian. And we will not live in, in, in a disembodied state. We will live in a real world, a physical, not this fallen, corrupt world, but a restored physical creation that will be the way God originally intended it to be. And, and we can't even really comprehend. We can't comprehend now how amazing this will be. It, it's, it's beyond our wildest dreams, our wildest imaginations. All I can think is you can think the best thing you can think of, it's going to be a hundredfold, a thousandfold, a millionfold better than anything we can even conceive of in this fallen world. So as Christians, we can grieve with hope. The pain of losing a mother, a grandmother, a sister, a friend, it, it's real. It's appropriate to grieve. Death is wrong. Death is horrible. But in Christ, death is defeated. There is pain for the moment, but this pain, this pain is not even worthy to compare. not even worthy to compare to the amazing eternal joy in store for all who are in Christ. Now, there any here who, who do not have this hope, who, who do not know Christ, who, who do not have this assurance of eternal life with Christ and all the saints? My friends, that can change now. That can change at this very moment. Call on Christ. Call on him. Scripture says, "All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved." Now, if this doesn't make sense, if you think you say, "What is? What are you? What are you babbling about?" If you have questions. Please talk to me. Talk to Nathan. Talk to Jim, because you too can have this peace. You too can have this hope, even in the midst of grief. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the hope. We thank you for the gospel. Death is horrible. There's no doubt about it. There is it, there is no way to sugarcoat it. Death is wrong, but Father, you have overcome death. We thank you that you have overcome death. We thank you for the gospel. And I do pray, Lord, if there are any here who do not know you, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will change that now. And that they can have the same hope, they can have the same reality that your servant Hilda is experiencing at this very moment. We pray all this in Jesus' name.